When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it! Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DMVR Buffs podcast presented by the American Raptors. I'm Henry Chisholm, and we have a lot to talk about. So, uh, it's Tuesday. We didn't do a podcast yesterday, but that's because there's going to be a practice on Saturday. So, we'll have podcasts Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week, and that might be the schedule going forward. We might start doing Monday podcasts, but taking another day off. I think, what, are they Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday they practice. I think that's right. So we'll figure out over the course of camp how exactly to do this. This week, though, obviously, nothing Monday, but we'll go all the way through Saturday. Um, Camp starts tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, I'm excited to get out there for that. I think Ryan Green is going to come out with me, which is going to be a lot of fun and get a little vlog together. Um, not, Not a whole lot of access this year. Uh, two scrimmages are open to the media and open to the public. Um, those are Saturday, April 9th. There's a scrimmage. I'll be in the stadium. And then also the spring game on Saturday, April 23rd. So those will be the two times that you guys get to see the team. Those are the two times I get to see the team and the rest will just be based on what we hear. Um, had a chance to talk with Carl Durrell today and, Honestly, it wasn't all that enlightening. Um, it, it you know it, it's the basic spring stuff. What are we working on? We we just want to get better. We want to be competitive. There's a lot of people fighting for jobs. That sort of stuff. Um, you know, he said he's cautiously optimistic that they're going to have a good spring just because of what he he saw in this off season, like workout program, all all that sort of stuff. Some of the meetings they've had, but. Again, it all just kind of starts up tomorrow. Um, I think the one real piece of information was that JT Shrout is cleared to practice, but he won't be cleared to play in the scrimmages. So we won't, you know, obviously I will not be seeing JT Shrout throw a ball this spring. Um, I guess I, I bet he's out there like warming up before the spring game. So that isn't true. We'll, I'll see him do a couple of like meaningless throws. But, uh, that is obviously notable, and I think that 
it, it, it's first of all not all that unexpected, I guess. Um, when you tear your ACL in mid to late August, turning around and and being a full participant in these scrimmages in April, and that'd be that'd be pretty quick, right? You know, the Nuggets have it going on with Jamal Murray right now. We're a few weeks away from his one year anniversary from his ACL tear, and he still isn't back. So I do think that. The goal for JT is probably just to get fully back in time for fall camp, compete for the job, and you'll miss out on some reps, but there's really not much you can do about it. And Carl did add that JT is ahead of schedule with his recovery, so you'll love to hear that. Um, but again, will not be participating in the scrimmages, and hopefully we hear a little bit more about what exactly he is and isn't doing in practice um, over the course of the next month or so. Um, I think that that's basically it in terms of notes from the press conference, but we did get our hands on the, the spring prospectus, which also came along with, you know, up, updated roster, um, some of that sort of stuff. Um, and, and on top of that, I guess I should say now there were a couple of transfers from Colorado's basketball team. We're going to talk about those later on in the show. So the second half of the show, we're going to touch on Eli Parquet, uh, Keyshawn Bartholomew transferring out of the program. And uh, if you're looking for that, it's it's coming here pretty quick. Um, first, though, just some notes from this roster. Um, not, not all that many surprises. I'll start there. Um, probably the biggest surprise is Jack Lamb, the inside linebacker, has medically retired. So he won't be a factor at uh, that position or any other position this season. Apparently he had a shoulder surgery over the offseason and because of that decided it was just time to hang things up. You'll remember he had a hip injury that was almost career-ending um, back at Notre Dame before he transferred. Comes to Colorado. He did his best work at the end of the season and uh, you know, after the surgery just said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to hang it up. Um the other loss that we didn't know about is Josh Gines. So Josh Gines was a uh, a center for Colorado. They actually have him listed as guard here, but he played more center than guard. Um, he will be uh, like a student assistant coach, and uh, I think that that leaves the Buffs with a couple of open scholarships. So I think that actually there was a new offer that came in today. A CU offered a linebacker transfer from LSU so that's definitely notable uh, but I haven't had a chance to dig into him yet um, and that does kind of disprove my theory I thought that with a couple of scholarships in hand they probably go through this whole spring see what they have and then kind of reevaluate um, although that would kind of put them in a pinch right so you have to anybody who's transferring into your program has to commit by May 1st and if they do that, then they're eligible for the season. If it's after that, then they are not eligible for the upcoming season. That doesn't apply to grad transfers, though. And when you look at where there are holes on this roster, you know you have questions about cornerback, for example. Could, could they decide that they, uh, they, they need just one more guy at cornerback? Probably. But they have so many young players, they're probably just looking for a grad transfer anyway. right? You're not looking for somebody who has two, three years left to play. Um, you're just looking for somebody who you know can do the job right now and is out the door next year. Um, and so for that reason, I was kind of leaning toward if, if if they want to add somebody a little more developmental, they still have that week after the spring game to do it or you get those conversations going maybe a little bit before the end of spring. 
for the most part, though, I did expect them to be making more moves um, after after the spring. Because the truth is, after spring ball, I bet you probably lose two guys, two two scholarship players decide to transfer out after the spring. Um, that'd be my bet, and I bet that those are guys who are are competing for jobs, but for whatever reason, think that it probably isn't going to happen. And if that leaves you with what, like about four or five scholarships open, that's where you could just, again, I don't think you need that many developmental. This is a really young roster again. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, but those were the two roster changes, uh, Josh Gines and Jack Lamb. Some other notes, I mean, there, there were some minor weight changes. I'm not reading too much into any of them. I think I, the, the one that I'm probably most excited about is, um, oh, who was it? Oh, it was Ty Robinson. I think he went from 6'3", 185 to 6'3", 195. And, and I, don't, I didn't find anybody who'd put on more than 10 pounds. But, but he was up 10 pounds. I think, uh, uh, oh, uh, Terrence Lang was up 5 or 10 pounds, um, getting up to 295. I think he's listed 6'7", 295 now. Um, but, but there wasn't really anything else all that notable in, change in, in terms of, like, just build. Uh, you do sometimes see those changes over the offseason, though. Um I think that that's it for important stuff. Oh, oh, one more. Uh, Tyron Taylor listed as strong safety. So he he played quite a bit of safety last year, particularly late in the season. I mean, most of the time he played was late in the season, though, so that's why it's so notable. Um, he, he was still listed on the roster as a corner um, up until this new roster that came out. So they do have him at safety. I still think that he's probably being looked at for, for both positions, safety and corner, but we'll just see how that all plays out. Um... Chance Main, the the transfer uh, edge rusher, he's listed as a defensive end and not an outside linebacker. Um, he uh, at, at 250 pounds, you know, I probably expected him to be more likely to be listed as an outside linebacker. It is what it is, and we'll we'll see how they use him. I would guess that they're still figuring out how they're going to use him. You know, that's what spring is all about is figuring those sorts of things out. Um, yeah, and now that those are out of the way, we can go through the least important things, um, and that's uh, Montana Lamonius Craig switches from number 15 to number one. Uh, interesting, for sure. I mean, Kalen Moore switches from number 21 to number zero. Uh, RJ Sneed, he'll wear number two at Colorado. You know, again, we've, we've made a lot of comparisons between him and Brendan Rice, and to me, RJ is kind of like Brendan Rice light, except with a lot more experience and production. So five years from now, are you going to be saying like, oh yeah, that, that RJ Sneed, good thing, good thing wherever he is, they have him instead of Brendan. Probably not just because of the physical traits, but the fact that he's wearing the number two is kind of fun, I think. Uh, JT Shrout switches from number seven to number five. Um, Tyron Taylor switches from number 28 to number five. Uh, Trevor Woods switches from number 42 to number 43. Tommy Brown is going to wear number 78. Chance Wayne or Chance Maine going to wear number 90. Um, so we do have those jersey updates. In terms of like hard information, I think we've touched on everything that's important here. Um, at least everything that was important enough to wind up in my notes. So 
there's a there's all of your like hard facts and info but there's one more thing that i want to look through before we uh we move on to basketball because again this is the last time we're going to talk about football until tomorrow night um after i've had a chance to to hear from uh, probably the quarterbacks and carl durrell after the first day of spring ball but um oh no i'm on the wrong page here uh while i scroll i'll say this so during these spring practices colorado puts out their players to watch and they aren't all that selective you know there's there's quite a few people who make it onto these lists but it is always interesting to hear what they have to say about who the players to watch are um so so let's run through those and that'll be uh our last conversation about football until spring ball starts I'm really excited. Um, alphabetical, we'll start at the top. Daniel Arias is on there. Uh, that's a that's a that's a fun name to see. I think that there's obviously going to be a lot of competition at wide receiver, but Daniel is. I mean, he's really experienced now. Is he 23? I think he's 23 now. So he's been in the program for a while. We we saw flashes from him last year. Um, the what six catches against a and I think really big game there um, again hasn't turned the corner uh, 424 receiving yards in his career a few touchdowns could this be the year he puts it all together I mean he's he has the experience he has he has everything this is his best chance right like if it's ever going to happen it would be in the year where what it's your five year six on campus something like that so um Again, not a huge surprise to see him listed here, but always good to see. Um, Robert Barnes, getting into the Bs, a lot of Bs. Uh, he's listed on here, I think, especially with Jack Lamb out of the picture now. It does look to me more like it's going to be Quinn Perry and Robert Barnes as your starting linebackers. But, you know, you still have a Marvin Hammond there. Um, there there's, there's a few guys who could be challenging for those jobs. Um, and because of that, We'll see what happens. At the very least, you'll see Robert as a sub-linebacker, and we will uh, see what happens there. Cole Becker is somebody to watch. Um, actually, going through the weights, they actually have him 6'3", 220 here. I noticed that he was, he'd gone from 215 to 225. Um, does not matter at all for kickers. But uh, Cole's on here. makes sense. He's your starting kicker. Why not? Um, Maurice Bell. He is also listed. How many receivers are there? One, two, three, four, five. Yep, there's five. Oh, six. Of course. So there's six receivers listed. Um, so this will give you a bit of an idea of who those top six are, and I think that that's about the size of the rotation. Um, Maurice Bell on here, though, missed all of last season, I believe, with an Achilles injury. Um I'm actually not sure if he's backed in the mix. You know, Carl, again, was not... It's not that he gave, like, short answers or anything, but I think it was Brian who asked, like, uh, there's some guys who missed last year, or got hurt late last year, might have had surgeries, whatever. Um, can you just tell us the status of some of those guys and, you know, are there any positions where you're worried about depth? And Carl really didn't... He didn't throw any names or positions out there. Um, Maurice is one of those guys who would be in that conversation, though, right? Typically... Typically, the Achilles injury at this point is down to like six months or so before you return, and so he should be he should be on the verge at the very least on the verge of coming back. 
Uh, we'll just have to to wait and find out. Um, speed threat. Remember, when you look through these guys, a bunch of them with different strengths. Maurice Bell, speed threat, kick returner type. Um, Nigel Bethel, he's also listed here. Um, we've talked about him quite a bit. To me, he's cornerback one coming into the offseason, and we'll see what happens. Um, on the on the depth chart here, it says, could contend for a st- starting spot. Sorry, that was really hard to say. Once recovered from a knee injury that forced him to miss the last six games last fall. Yeah, I mean, that's basically sums it up. They don't have those for everybody. I'll let you know if there's anything notable inside. Um, Tommy Brown. Transfer from Alabama has a couple years of eligibility. Obviously, notable name to watch. Uh, six seven three twenty is what he's listed at. Drew Carter, the quarterback, makes it onto the list. There's actually a few quarterbacks on here, um, and we'll, we'll once we hit the last one, we'll kind of sum up this group and see if we can read anything into it. But Drew Carter is on here, and I think that that's definitely notable. Um, Frank Phillip, another tackle, is listed here. Um, so is Jake Wiley for what that's worth. Um, so with, with two of those and actually, so Tommy Brown, Frank Phillip, both listed as offensive tackle. Uh, Jake Wiley is offensive line on the depth chart though. It's Tommy Brown and Jake Wiley as offensive tackle. And it's, uh, Frank Phillip is offensive line. Everybody else is offensive line. So I'm not reading too much into that either. Uh, but He's listed as well. Uh, Alex Fontenot makes sense. He's obviously going to be on these lists. Um, no Ramon Jefferson, who you'd expect to be competing for that number one running back job. He's not going to be on campus till this summer, so maybe maybe that's why he isn't there. Um, Devin Grant. Um, Devin Grant, outside linebacker listed. That's notable. Um, in terms of outside linebackers, you have Devin Grant. You've got Joshka Gustav. Um, you've got... Oh, Guy Thomas. So no Jamar Montgomery on the list. Which again, at this point, probably doesn't mean too much. It's a little piece of information I'm keeping in mind, though. Boo-boo-boo-boo. Um, Nothing really written about those two that we need to dig into. Uh, Marvin Ham is listed. Brought him up when talking about these linebackers. Uh, notable, because I'm pretty sure it's just him, Quinn Perry, and Robert Barnes listed. So maybe that gives you an idea of who these these kind of top three are. Um, and again, it's basically a group that we've had here. Um, Maddox Cop is listed. Uh, and I'll, I'll say right now, Brendan Lewis is the final rec- or quarterback listed. Uh, or sorry, JT is on there as well. I should say that. Um, so there's four quarterbacks. JT, Brendan, Maddox Cop, and Drew Carter. Not a huge surprise, again, just because they're leaving those freshmen out. Josh Account isn't on the list, whatever. Um, but the fact that Maddox Cop is listed and isn't, you know, along with those other guys on the, on the like, whatever else... It's a. It kind of sets a stage for this competition, right? Especially with JT not really competing all that much early in, the, I guess, in, in the scrimmages in spring ball, in the, in the full live drills in spring ball. Um, Brendan Lewis, Drew Carter, Maddox Cop. Somebody's going to get a really serious leg up. And again, I think that 
Brendan should be the pretty heavy favorite out of that group. Doesn't matter, though. Um, we'll, we'll just got to go out on the field and do it. Uh, Terrence Lang is listed here. Makes sense. He's one of the the studs. Ooh, and in the notes, can become a rare five-time letterman. That is interesting. Uh, Montana Lamonius Craig is on here. Another one of the receivers. Makes sense. He's one of their, their best young guys. He played really well last year. Uh, Brendan Lewis, of course, is going to be on here. Uh, Isaiah Lewis is also listed. Again, one of those most experienced players, him and Terrence Lang kind of leading the way defensively. Um, Chance Maine, the transfer, is already listed here. Um, two years of eligibility remaining. We'll uh, definitely want to keep an eye on. High ceiling there. Um, Chase Penry, another receiver listed. Uh, again, little slot receiver. He's one of those guys with Dimitri Stanley gone who could really see the see his usage go up to me though i really do think that they're just going to find the three best receivers and play them and honestly they're going to rotate so much that won't even matter i wouldn't worry too much about who's a slot guy who's not especially at the college level where you're playing to like the 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 field is so wide anyway it's rare that you have super tight spaces like you do in the nfl just because you have the, the hashes are so wide so the wide side of the field is just massive but again it still definitely doesn't hurt that the the guy in front of him as a slot is no longer there. Uh, Quinn Perry is listed. Of course, as of now, he's your starting middle linebacker, so of, co- of course he's going to be listed. Torin Pittman. Actually, so they actually have Torin Pittman as a cornerback. And I didn't notice this beforehand. We're going to circle back and talk about Torrin Pittman in a minute. We'll do that instead. Because um, I want to make sure... Because I'm he was not listed as a cornerback on that roster. I'm I've, I'm like 98% sure. Because I would have noticed that. Um, Nico Reed at cornerback, of course. Uh, Ty Robinson at wide receiver. Again, these are the guys you expect to be in these conversations. Casey Roddick. We've been talking about him as kind of the... On the interior, the one guy that you really bet on to be involved. Tackles maybe a little bit more competitive. Um, Naeem Rodman, he uh, he he became one of Colorado's better defenders last year. Um, ha- hadn't played all that much beforehand. Actually, interesting to see, he actually had three hundred nine or three hundred fourteen snaps in twenty nineteen. Four hundred twenty nine last year. I didn't remember him as having played that much, but I guess the injury was twenty twenty, right? It's got to be in the notes. I believe he was injured in 2020. I could be wrong about that, though. Um, Brady Russell's listed. Duh. How, how could he not be? Uh, Jalen Sami's listed again, of course. JT Shrout is listed. Um, talked about all that. Deion Smith is listed. Again, makes sense. He's, he's one of two re- running backs listed. The fact that Ramon Jefferson isn't there, I think it's just because he isn't on campus yet, but... Those are kind of the three that you're looking at. Um, let's see. Oh, I scrolled too far. There we go. RJ Sneed. You know, we've talked about him a little bit. I think he's, again, a, a, basically a lock for the starting lineup. Uh, I'd be surprised if he isn't a starter. Tyron Taylor, um, versatile defensive back. Again, listed as safety. We'll see uh, We'll see where exactly he fits in, but he's listed here as well. Uh, Guy Thomas is listed here, your third outside linebacker. 
Jake Wiley started at left tackle all year last year. We'll see where he fits in the this season. Trevor Woods got a late start, played quite a bit last year at safety, and uh, he's the last one here. So, again, some... Oh, yeah, we want to circle back on Torin Pittman. Let me double-check and make sure he's listed as... Um, yeah, he's listed as a safety here. He's listed as a free safety here. Uh, cornerback on this alphabetical roster cornerback so they actually they've listed him about half the time as a cornerback half as a safety and I had only thought of him as a safety but he's he's very long I wonder he must does he have a bio in here something 6'4 185 so again like you look at that and say is that cornerback or safety probably more likely it's a cornerback but either way would kind of make sense I don't know we'll 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 see um We'll see. I think that that's it. I think that that's it. Um, any notable omissions? I'm just going to run through this roster real quick and make sure there's nobody that's super surprising. Uh, Tommy Brown's there. Um, you could have seen Noah Fenske there for sure, uh, but that's not too notable. Jalen Jackson, wouldn't have been surprised to see him there, but again, not all that notable. Um... I mean, no. I mean, Jamar is probably number one on that list. And I don't think Kalen Moore was listed, was he? I don't think Kalen Moore was. So that's that's also very notable. Um, no tight ends other than Brady. I think that makes sense. You know, it's Brady and the four freshmen in there. Um, some of them are third-year freshmen, so you can't really trust the classes anymore. Uh, Jalen Stryker. You could have seen him be listed for sure. Um, Alvin Williams, Mr. Williams, neither of them in there, but that's not too big a surprise. Okay, so no. Uh, there you go. I guess Ashton Logan, is he on campus yet? I'm actually not sure. I think he is. Yeah, he is. So he's he's your starting punter, and he's not listed, but I'm not too <laughs> worried about that. Uh, so there you go. There's a there's kind of your quick rundown of these these notes. I'm gonna obviously keep looking through those tonight and before practice tomorrow. Um, if I find anything else in there that's worth running through, we'll do that. Um, and before we get out of here, like I said, we have to talk about these basketball transfers. First of all, though, Breckenridge Brewery is where I get all my beer and all my seltzers too. Uh, honestly, the seltzers are my favorite at this point. Uh, I, I, I still like like the Strawberry Sky and the Avalanche. There's a whole bunch of good beers, and I still drink those occasionally too. But I'm kind of a seltzer guy, and the Good Company Hard Seltzers are the best ones out there. Um, I like the classic ones. You can go for the lemonade too. You really can't go wrong. Uh, at this point, they've, they've got a bunch of decent options. Um, whatever you choose, you know that you're going to get good stuff from Breckenridge, and you also know that you're supporting a company that supports sports here in Colorado. On top of that, they're also donating 1% of all of their profits to the National Parks Conservation Association. It's just one more reason to love them and to drink the beers and seltzers and whatever else they make. Uh, it's good people. It's good stuff, so definitely check it out if you haven't yet. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, I actually I don't have any good bets. Go well... 
I have one really bad bet going. So I went to bed last night. Well, I was about to go to bed last night, and I was just thinking, like, okay, can the Nuggets actually make it? What is the ceiling? It's like, well, they could probably get to, like, the five seed. Four seed's probably not possible. Um, but then I was looking, I was like, actually, maybe that four seed is on the table. Um, today, though, they needed the Mavericks to lose. They needed uh, the Jazz to lose. And so I was like, well, they play the Lakers and the Clippers. We'll put together a little parlay. Lakers are currently down by 30, and there's no reason to think anything will get better. That's a really bad basketball team. So I made that little parlay that didn't go great, but I also made an Avs parlay that I do feel better about, and that's going to be on the way here in like two minutes, I think it starts. So I'm still making money. Hopefully you guys have been making money, and if you haven't, then right now you can get in on an awesome offer. Uh, College basketball season is almost over, the uh, the tournament only has one more weekend left, and that means it's your last chance to bet five dollars on any team to win any game in the tournament. And I guess out of by any game, I mean one of the three remaining. And if you get it right, you get two hundred dollars in free bets. It's a great way to start off your DraftKings account. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, then you win with promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So the basketball news. Um, first of all, Elijah Parquet is deciding to transfer. I mean, we knew that. He said on this podcast that after the season, he's going to be playing somewhere else. And even before he said that, he, we knew that that, uh, that that was the case. Just because that's the way that Tad Boyle has handled these, these additional years of eligibility that come from the COVID-19 pandemic. It's basically just said, we, we got to keep everything on schedule here. We can't afford to be holding on to extra scholarships there because those are scholarships we can't give out. And there's this little blip right now, but there's going to power through and keep kind of grinding out the traditional path, you know, the four years. And, you know, that was the case last year with Deshaun Schwartz and Jariah Horn and Dallas Walton and Maddox Daniels. And we knew that that was going to be the case again this time around, that it uh, that Elijah was going to be gone. Uh, today was just the day that I guess his name actually went into the portal. Um, and you'll remember from that podcast, he basically said like he wasn't really thinking too much about where he was going to go, um, but he didn't really care location-wise. He was mostly just interested in finding somewhere that's a good basketball fit. And, and personally, I think that he's going to get some good offers. Um, the fact that he's a three and D guy, like again, like a grad transfer, come in for one year, patch whatever hole. I, I think that there's going to be a lot of really good teams that say, you know, we could use a good three and D guard. Whether he's coming in off the bench, whether he can play the starting two, I think that he is going to get some good offers, and I'm excited to see where where he ends up because it's going to be a lot of fun to see how he translates wherever he goes. Um, Keyshawn Bartholomew. Keyshawn is also in the portal, and that news came out today. This one is a little bit more of a surprise. I mean, a surprise isn't really the right word, though, right? Because this is something that on this podcast we've been talking about for months, is that when you look through this roster, there's a lot of young talent. There's a couple of really big classes, and some of those guys are just going to to transfer out. Like, it's going to kind of become clear who the core of the program is and, and who is not, and... 
because of that, you're just going to see a, some attrition, some some really healthy attrition. You know, because what you don't want is to two years from now still be sitting here with Keyshawn and KJ and Julian and Javon and Luke O'Brien and Neek. And, you know, they're bringing in, oh, what's RJ Smith next year? And uh, they'll probably bring him more after that. And all of a sudden, like two years from now, if you still had all those guys, there's no playing time for anybody. Like that's why we knew this was going to happen because not everybody can be happy with their role. And again, it was easy to circle Keyshawn just because of the the, the fit, right? Like the fact that he struggled and this was, he, he's the oldest of the group. This season was really his tryout to be the point guard of the team. And to be blunt, I mean, it didn't go well. It didn't go well. Um, the what shot just under forty two percent from the season, a little under thirty five percent from three. Um, there just wasn't quite enough there, and particularly on the defensive end. And again, that's that's where the fit really comes in, because Tad Boyle he loves some defense, and you know for everything Keyshawn was, he wasn't a, a spectacular defender. Um, I think that the writing might have been kind of on the wall when when he came off the bench for those last five games. Um, at, at least, at least saying like, "Hey, this this probably isn't your job next year." Um, whether whether it's Julian, whether it's KJ who starts. I mean, but then you also have Javon Ruffin coming off his injury. Could he could he factor into the starting lineup? I doubt he starts, but I bet he gets minutes. There's. It, it it makes sense for him to try to find another opportunity, and and he's going to find another opportunity, and I think that he's going to get the chance to to play, um, kind of be a leader on a team, right? Because that's that's who he is is a score first guy, and everything kind of works off of that. You know, as a point guard, he's a score first point guard, and again, I think that it it just wasn't a great fit. And again, that's why we've been talking about the potential for Keyshawn to transfer for months now. Um, so where does that leave CU? Even though they lose two guards, I mean, we named all the names. They're still in good shape. They're, they're still very young. But if you start, say, KJ and Neek, there's your one and two. That's a that's a good starting lineup. That's a good starting backcourt. Now you have Julian who can come in off the bench, sub at the one. You've got Luke O'Brien at the two. Javon Ruffin right now is kind of just like a, a total wild card because we didn't get to see him this year. Have to imagine he would factor in. And then again, RJ Smith is is going to be a freshman last year. And that I, I don't expect him to be a starter or anything like that, but I do think he's going to get minutes in the same way that KJ got minutes this year. And so I do think that this is a pretty healthy place, although, you know, just when you have that much youth, it's easy to have some some questions. Um, and then from there, you know, the front court is, is I don't want to say concerning, because it's really not concerning. Like, really what's concerning is still just the three spot. Because when you look at the front court, it's Lawson Lovering at the five. Um, it's probably Tristan De Silva at the four. And that's assuming that Jabari Walker is gone. Of course, Evan's going to be gone this year. It was it's funny seeing John Rothstein tweet that yesterday where it's like, yeah, yes, he is leaving. Do you think that you're – this isn't news. <laughs> we, we've been saying this for weeks and weeks. And weeks. Evan said this to – I think Evan said that on this podcast before. Like, that, so that was the thing. But 
assuming you don't get Jabari back either, then you probably look at Tristan and Lawson Lovering. And then you also have uh, Joe Hurlbert, who will be a freshman next year, who's could be a four, could be a five. He's a good shooter. Um, fun combination, regardless of who you have there. And, you know, then from there, I guess you look to... Like Luke O'Brien could play up a little bit, so so maybe not quite as much depth as you would like, but a really solid group at the top. Although you know you do you do need Lawson to take a step. Um, Tristan needs to kind of be that that star now. Now you imagine you you have that same group, but you throw Jabari in it. Well, all of a sudden you're talking about one of the the very best front courts in the Pac-12. Um, that three spot though, like I said, is kind of the question mark because there were plenty of plenty of instances first of all Tristan De Silva just started there so he ate all the starter minutes um and, and you saw like Neek Clifford kind of factor in there but if we're saying Neek starts at the two Tristan starts at the four well all of a sudden there is that hole and that hole is supposed to be filled by Quincy Allen who had the hip injury and redshirted his freshman year and and again he'll I, I think at the very least be a strong competitor for the starting lineup but at the very least he should be a solid scoring option off the bench how does you know a, a Luke O'Brien fit in there? So I do think that you do have this little bit of a gap there, and you also should have two open scholarships now, right? So the Buffs really get to choose, um, and and I think that they'll probably look to transfers when we look at that lineup, set that lineup up. Um, I think that you probably look for somebody who can be like a, a three or four, like that kind of combo forward, play either one of those spots. And if you could get a veteran who's proven, who you could even slide into the starting lineup and play Quincy off the bench, then I think that that would really plug all of the gaps at the top. And you know, it, with the guards, that's the bigger question. Because again, like what you don't want to do is block good young players. And you you like KJ needs more minutes. You know, he needs more minutes than he got last year and he's going to be good in his minutes. You know, Neek is probably due for more minutes, although he was already playing pretty big minutes. So you aren't really looking for a starter probably unless, unless you're playing KJ as kind of your sixth man and really the only other guard who gets in the game. You know, you're, if you found a guard who he'll start at point guard, you can play with KJ at the two, um, and and maybe Neek slides to three. Maybe those are some minutes Neek sits out. Then you can maybe make it work. But when you're when you put that scenario together, you're you're really asking KJ to eat all of the bench guard minutes because he really should be get be getting starting minutes. And because of that, that means you know there's there's no room for Javon. Uh, there's like Luke O'Brien's gonna be. I guess you don't really worry about him at point guard, but. Uh, Julian Hammond, for example, would be kind of cut out at that point. Um, so, are you looking for a bench guard? Are you looking for like a combo 2-3 guy? And then also a combo 3-4 guy? And maybe that's how you pass things? I'm not so sure, but these are the conversations that Tab Boyle and his staff are going to be having. And and the good news is that portal's so full right now. You know, you've, you found a dry horn in there. You should be able to find another dry horn on it, I want to say easily because that's a good player you found, but pretty close to easily, if we're being honest. So, um, 
again, I I, I was kind of honestly surprised by the reaction that I saw, where it's like, oh no, what are the Buffs gonna do? And you know, the worst part is like I even had Arizona fans. Like there was one who quote tweeted a tweet that I sent out in like October. It's like Tab Boyle says that he's part of the recruiting process now is finding players who aren't going to transfer. He kind of points to to Elijah Parquet as a guy who isn't like he comes in, you develop him, and then he gets a play, and, and that's kind of the process that you have. And somebody just quote tweeted Arizona fans like LOL. It's like do you not understand? This is. <laughs> that's you're totally missing the point <laughs> that guy just doesn't get it. and i was like okay we're not don't have time to be responding to these people today but i don't know it is what it is and we expected i think again this is something that we've expected for months this whole thing has kind of played out how we all expected right the only question mark being jabari and that's the one thing that we've kind of been torn on and as long as you aren't losing any of your other players, you know, as long as you're not losing Tristan or Lawson or KJ or any of those, yeah, you're you're kind of set now. Um, at the same time, we'll knock on wood and hope that there isn't something else bubbling under the surface that we don't know about. Uh, as of now, though, the this should be a transfer season, a transfer cycle that, that the Buffs get better in, that they get better in. So... I think those are all my thoughts there. We'll be back tomorrow to talk about football after football happens. Again, we're going to hear from Carl, going to hear from JT, going to hear from Brendan, uh, and that's going to be a fun group. I think that they're, uh, I guess the weather's supposed to be bad probably inside, so that's disappointing, but spring ball. Love spring ball. And we'll get a chance to see him a couple times over the next month. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk then. You know that thing you've always been too scared to go for? It seems like you'll never have the guts. Then a cancer diagnosis. And doing that thing becomes way less scary. I would know. I've always wanted a black belt. And today, the only thing standing in my way is a few wooden boards. It's been a lot of hard work and five years since I beat cancer at Ohio Health. Bring it on. You keep making plans. Visit OhioHealth.com slash keep making plans to learn more.